we were in negotiations for investing in real estate. They're winning, they're making money. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Estate Educators Podcast, where we provide the education you can build on. I am your host, Kevin Amos. I am loving doing this podcast because I get to help real estate investors and real estate educators. So whether you're an investor or if you're a realtor or a lender, someone who wants investors as clients, this is the podcast for you. I've got a very special guest with me today. I'm excited to have this conversation. But before we get into that, please do me a favor and give me a five-star review. We're trying to build this podcast and you could help me with that by giving me that five-star review. So today we have a special guest, Daniel Martinez. Now, Daniel's been in real estate for five years, been an entrepreneur for six. He's gone from trucking to software to real estate to finance. And I'm excited to talk about real estate with you today, Daniel, because you have a specialty in owner financing, which I have a huge passion for. So welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I was looking forward to this conversation. I don't know when it was, and I'm here today. I'm like, okay, this is a good conversation. I'm excited for today. Yeah, I'm excited for this one too. So take me back. So you said you were, you've been in real estate for five years, but you've been an entrepreneur for six. So what's that one year there that I'm missing? Um, so I actually did, I did real estate and, and trucking for two years. So um, I've, I've been, I started tr- truck driving when I was like 23 and I, my company trained me how to be a truck driver. And uh, my, it's so funny that my, 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 my trainer to, I, I like, I haven't brought up the story in a while, but my trainer at truck driving school and my company was like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm trying to be a truck driver. He's like, no, what are you doing here? Because I like I didn't study for anything. I aced the test and passed with like flying colors. And like most truck drivers are what you expect as being truck drivers. And he's like, dude, you don't belong here. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm just being a truck driver. So I, I did. I truck drove for that company for two years, and then I started my own trucking company. I knew I wanted to start. I wanted to become an entrepreneur, but I know exactly what I wanted to do since I already had my trucking experience and logistics experience. I'm like, let's go down the trucking route. I don't know. We'll figure it out. So usually you use the gifts that you you're given or were taught to kind of go down that niche. So I started a trucking company. I did that for two years. Um, a year it was going is is very bad for me. Very very bad. People are going to trucking very crazy, very crazy business. But um, I was looking to pivot, so I pivoted into real estate a year into that, and I've been doing real estate. And I I stopped my trucking company a year into real estate, and I just pivoted fully into real estate after that. But um, first business was a trucking company and I got to five trucks with like five, four or five drivers, uh, traveling across the country, do a bunch of crazy stuff, but I got a bunch of crazy stories for that, but it's, uh, I prefer the real estate side better. Yeah. So I've got, you probably don't know this about me, but I have, uh, quite a lot of friends that are truck drivers and, and they love it because it's like, how do you say, how do I describe this? It's like kind of a lonely industry. You know, and they don't want to deal with clients and contractors and customers and real estate. They just want to be by themselves, listening to their podcasts and just driving. Did you so, find some enjoyment in that, or I, I, I enjoyed driving. I'm not gonna lie. I, I enjoyed the driving part of it. It was the business side that I didn't like, and I didn't like being away from home. So that's why I was looking to pivot. And the money side was it's difficult too. So Brim doesn't doesn't know the publicly traded trucking companies out there. You think of like Old Dominion, Sia, UPS, FedEx. Most of those companies operate up a margin of three percent or less. Whoa! I had no idea. Uh, if you're no, if you're new to business, a margin of three percent or less means that every dollar you make, you only keep three cents. 
which is yeah, very and that's so thin, Daniel. And you think about like just fuel prices alone fluctuate so much. So how how can you even be safe in an industry like that? Oh, and that's that's where I didn't know that until I was going in, and my margin was so small. So like to make a hundred grand, you have to bring in a million dollars, and that's yeah. that's with everything going right. And wow. there's, there's a lot of things that go wrong. So I did not make that. I actually lost money. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I do hear that a lot too. I mean, and plus the wear and tear on the truck, which the truck drivers never account for. Maintenance. I mean, maintenance, fuel, insurance, and drivers is like all your costs. That's every, yeah. every dollar you make goes to that. I can imagine the insurance isn't cheap. No, it's not. It's not. I was spending when at one point in insurance, I was spending ten thousand dollars a month. Wow. Any of your drivers ever do anything like stupid? Oh yeah. I mean, I had one hit a deer. One, um, one almost went into a ditch. One almost rolled it on a hill. Um, I got tons of stories with that. It, was, it wasn't fun. Don't do it. What I was do not recommend? <laughs> Okay, I was going to ask you more questions about the truck driver, but let's get into real estate because that's where our, our passion is. So here you are driving down the road and you're thinking like, I want to get into something different and then real estate like appears. So how did you how did you go from truck driving to real estate? So um, it's kind of with your friends, podcasting, podcasting, YouTube. I had all the time in the world. And um, when I when I was pivoting, I was like, instead of listening to music all day, let me listen and educate myself. So this is one of the big reasons why I, it was like an internal thing for me to like produce more content on the podcast side because I'm a product of it. So I, I like giving back to the community in that way. Just because uh, when I was truck driving, I used, all I used to listen to was podcasts. So it kind of gave me the information I needed to know to get started. I used to watch a lot of YouTube, just put YouTube on and listen to YouTube um, about different stuff in business and real estate and kind of just kind of delve, delve in into, over the fence over that uh, just on YouTube and podcasts. So which podcast was your favorite? Um, I was listening to a little bit of everything. I was listening to a lot of, uh, I listened to some bigger pockets. I didn't really like it that much, but, um, I was listening to, I can't even remember. I was a, most, mostly a lot of YouTube. I was listening to, like, I would just go through YouTube wholesaling and I'd watch video after video, oh. after video, after video, after video about wholesaling. Cause I knew that was a gateway to get into real estate. So I'd, I'd go after video from different people and kind of learn different things. And I ended up finding, um, there's a young he was very, very young. He's young and still young now, but um, he started wholesaling at like 17. He got his first deal before he even graduated high school. And um, he was like 19 at the time and he had to came out with the course. So that's the course I bought. And that's how I got into real estate. Ah, that's interesting. So he was younger than you and teaching you how to do it. Exactly. He was younger than me. That's so cool. How, uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, Jalen White. Jalen White. I haven't heard of him. He's actually out of real estate now. It's the funniest thing. He did real estate for five years and now he does online marketing. So he okay. kind of his real estate money and then he pivoted into something he wanted to do because real estate is not passive. Right. For the most part, you're right. <laughs> uh, everyone thinks it is, but you no, know, and I'll, maybe we get into that too, but you know, online marketing relates to wholesaling like a lot, right? Because to be a good wholesaler, you have to be a good marketer. Yeah. So he wanted to leverage his marketing background that he leveraged doing wholesaling to do more of a passive business because real estate's difficult and man team management and all that other stuff that comes with it. So yeah, he especially kind of out of real estate. So cool. So do you ever get to meet him? I have never met him to this day. Ah, and he changed your life though. Changed my life. It's crazy. 
Um, but the crazy thing about it is uh, me and my partner, we actually took the same course within a week of each other, and that's how we ended up becoming partners. So I would not be here without his course, and I would not be where I'm at without my partner, and that's kind of how we built everything we got. You ever, like, reach out to him just tell him, like, man, look what you did for me? I haven't yet. I, I, he lives somewhere in L.A., and I live, like, two hours from L.A., so I do want to make make an opportunity, but I, I, I want to get a little bit further and then have a better story, you know? It's still a pretty good story, man. I mean, look, look at you, and, and it came from someone who doesn't even know he, he impacted you that way. So you're an influencer, right? You you create a lot of content. You help a lot of people. Doesn't it feel good when they reach out to you and say, hey, you, you've, you've helped me? But I think even more than that is when somebody has a bigger impact and they already up to that point. And like I've talked about it on podcasts. Okay. So I'm, I'm kind of savoring it a little bit more because I, I want to I drive that real value when I do hit them with it. And maybe come back to us and listen to this later. I don't know. But <laughs> I want to I hit them when it's hard, you know? That's amazing, man. I haven't got to where I wanted to be yet, so I'm I'm, I'm waiting for the opportunity still. Okay, so where where do you want to be? Um, maybe next year. Maybe next year's the year. Um, we're in the midst of creating a fund right now, um, and we're trying to raise money in, over the next few months and just buy and do more land. And uh, my niche, our niche is specifically land. I've only done one house deal, and I've 100% land. So it's, it's a fun niche to be in. Wow. Okay. So I want to get into the, where, where you're going for sure. Um, I know we kind of jumped ahead here. So we're let me take it back. You you're in the truck. You're listening to well, you said you're watching videos, but I gotta believe like were you really watching videos on YouTube while you're driving down the interstate? I plead the fifth. Okay, <laughs> you're you're listening to some videos. Uh, Mr. Jalen hooked you. You bought his course, and now he is a wholesaler. So your first deal was a wholesale deal, I, I assume. Um, yes, I, uh, I, well, I started with houses. So everybody's told me to do houses, 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 and mm -hmm. houses. So I contracted like three or four different houses and they all fell through for different reasons. Uh, one, I contracted at two hikes and I was doing another one. Uh, the seller passed away the weekend before close mm -hmm. another one. Um, I, it was, they rented to a family member, a second house. I evicted them, trashed it out took it to the closing table and title told me they had a, a underlying lien of 30 grand for a uh, credit card and it blew up the deal. Um, yeah. Those are my three house experiences. <laughs> Jeez. Those, okay. Those but you stayed with it. Cause that's not yeah. a very good start. <laughs> no, no, it, it wasn't a very good start. I mean, I got, I got, I got kicked, kicked really hard while I was down repeatedly um, in my, in my definitely starting out. <laughs> but um my my partner, my now partner uh, friend then was like, try land, see what happens. I'm like, all right, let me just try it, because houses I was getting I was getting kicked down really hard. So I literally put a website up. I ran Google ads at it, and I found out how to do that all on YouTube. No experience, not I have a lot of experience now, but no experience then how to do it. Just kind of figured it out. Um, and I had a late. I was living in Atlanta at the time a lady hit me up. She had a property in Florida. I'm like, all right, let's see what happens. So it was a little like 4,000, 5,000 square foot lot, a little info lot. And uh, she's like, uh, I asked her how much she wanted for it. She's like, make me an offer. And I'm like, I looked it up. It was worth maybe worth 20,000 ish, give or take. And mind you, I, my experience was very, very low. So I told her like, if I can get this thing for five, under five grand, I think I can make money on this one. 
So I made her offer of $4,236.35. I just kind of made up a number under five grand. And she's like, can you just do five? And I'm like, yes. Mind you, I did not talk to this lady. She came into the website, so I was emailing her. Email, 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 conversing through email. I contracted it through email, 5000 I put it on Facebook Marketplace in Florida because you can choose location. I put it in Facebook Marketplace in Florida for, for 12 and I found a buyer in two days, and I made six grand. And the rest is history. Whoa. Okay, so I, I know a few other people that do infill lots as their niche. It's very rare. You don't. I don't talk to many people that that do that. Um, so your your website and was it a PPC campaign or something? I brought her in. Yeah, PPC. Yep. So price per click, and then and then you just contracted it right online. You never even met her. You I closed never talked on to it. the buyer or the seller the whole transaction. Have you? Did you see the property? No, I still never. You never even the saw property. the property. Never seen the property to this day. And then the rest is history. Okay. So tell me about the next one. So I just started doing land after that. So we've done land deals a lot in Texas. Um, we've done a deal in Florida. Uh, we mostly do a lot, everything in Texas. So a lot of stuff we do has just been crazy after that. And like uh, my partner is actually in Texas. So I run the back end. So I run the marketing system. So you don't have to necessarily know how to do everything. So I would run the back end systems for my partner and then he would go do the front end sales and stuff like that. So after that, I met a partner, my partner, and we did a bunch of deals in Texas and Florida and all over the place. But um, that was my only deal by myself. And then for there, I partnered with my partner and we did a bunch of stuff in Texas. Okay. But, okay. So is it all still infill or are you doing larger land development type we stuff? We do larger stuff now. We're looking at larger projects. Um, we had a, this is the epiphany all started. So we did a deal about a year and a half ago. Um, and it was it was an info lot, and there's 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 a lot of land land investing is so crazy. It's such a like super niche. There's not a lot of competition, and most of the most competitions under a hundred thousand or less as far as like property value. So this lot was thirty five thousand um, dollars. It was worth about thirty five to forty, and the seller came in. I think it was a PPC lead because we were still doing PPC, and he's like, I want fifteen for it. So most wholesalers would jump out on that. I mean, it was potentially twenty thousand plus on this jump on it like nah we'll let him go if he's already coming in at 15 he's keep take lower so my partner offered him eight and he's like no no i can't do eight i can't i can't i have need 15 i'm like all right so one thing about land is you make the offer and you wait like time's on our side no one's gonna buy it there's there's no one there to buy that property it just it just sits there so the seller motive the seller's motivated just by owning it because they have to pay taxes so actually negative cash flows and one of the reasons why I like land is because it doesn't cash flow. So he comes back like 90 days later. He's like, hey, I remember you're interested in my lot. Um, I need 15 for it. He's like, dude, I remember you. I offered you eight. It's eight. I'm not still at eight. He's like, all right, I'll give it to you for eight. So this is where the whole epiphany happened. We're like, okay. So we sold it on Marketplace again. Facebook Marketplace. We still use Facebook Marketplace to this day, years later. Um, we, sold to, for, we sold it on Marketplace for $8,000 down. 500 a month for five years. And we sold it for 45K. We found a buyer in two weeks, 8K from the buyer went straight to the seller. And then we just clicked 500 a month on this property that we did nothing to. And we became the bank. That's really cool. So I have a, I have a land, a piece of property okay. in New Mexico. <clears throat> so weird, man. I got this weird story. I'm not going to go into it, but it, I ended up with, I traded like a hotel for this and some other stuff. So I ended up just getting this in part of a trade. Yep. I've never seen it. I don't, 
really have anything to do with it, but one acre on Story Lake in New Mexico. So it's Las Vegas, New Mexico. If you, I was like, Las Vegas, New Mexico. I didn't even know there was a thing. So um, I'm thinking about maybe getting on Facebook Marketplace, man, and see if I can get this thing sold with some owner carry terms and cash flow. Yep, owner carry terms and cash flow. So we had the epiphany of if we can get a deal cheap enough where the down payment covers the purchase price, we can create notes forever. And $500 a month isn't like, it's nothing to walk at. Like uh, $500 a month, most rentals bring in 250 to 750 per month in net cash flow. You know, so if we're bringing 500 a month on a, on a lot, I never saw on a $35,000 lot, how many lots are out there like that? Infinite. Right. Infinite. So I interviewed a guy on my podcast as a land guy. He said it took him five years to get $50,000 a month in cash flow just doing deals like that one. And and you were saying earlier, real estate's not passive. It is. I make the joke about it. Land, <laughs> this, this is where like land can become passive if you and like the note game is hundred. I think the most passive part of real totally. estate. Totally agree. And that's where like we had the epiphany now. Okay, so let's do larger tracks. Let's create larger amounts of cash flow using the same strategy using creative finance. So that's what we do. We just we took that same eight thousand dollar thirty five thousand dollar lot. Yeah, that's straight to the seller. We're doing that same thing just with larger lots. That's the whole idea. Yeah, I love the debt side of real estate for that reason. So I that's why I was like, I sort of agree with you on the on the if it's passive or not, because rental properties clearly are not passive. Wholesaling clearly is not passive, and fixing and flipping is not passive. But if you create debt, it is and it's secured, right? So who knows, man? You might end up with some of these back and you could sell them again. So I did the math. So right now we're working, we're doing a lot of larger deals. So think about this. Uh, one of the reasons why I, bit, I love land is because land has the most equity. Single family, multifamily storage, they retrade, they trade, they refinance. They always getting debt on it all the time. Land, they do not do it because they're afraid of losing it. So they're afraid to get debt on it. So most of the land out there is owned free and clear. So you can get a lot of creative terms pretty easily with land because they have huge amounts of equity in it. They own it free and clear. They pass it down from generation to generation. And it's a lot easier to get that creative terms on it because there are a lot of its own free and clear. And they have a lot of it too. So most, one of my students, uh, one of my one of my uh, team members, he's like, he's one, he's one of my sales guys. He's like, one thing I just noticed about what we do is everybody we talk to is a millionaire. I was like, what do you mean by that? He's like, every seller, millionaire every buyer millionaire and the reason why is because most people that are buying land they they already have a house they already got that stuff situated it's not like number one priority land is something excess they're going to hunt on it they're going to do recreational stuff and they're going to shoot on it they're going to build something they're an investor they're going to put a mobile home park on it they're going to put mobile homes on it so it's either what they do or they're a way to create value or hold value so everybody we deal with on the land side is a millionaire we talked to one landowner. He has 2,500 acres with a, a bunch of cabins and an airstrip on it. He's like, come up to this property and I'll give you a, I'll show you the property on my helicopter. Like no, no house seller is ever going to have that conversation with you. <laughs> Can you imagine? That, I mean, I, I, I've never heard anybody else talk about it like that, but we had a land seller talk, talk about like, Hey, I'll take you a tour on my helicopter. Like, Did you go? We haven't gone yet. It's in like by Oklahoma, way far. You gotta go. And I, I do want to do it, but like this is the conversations we're having. Like I want to be in a realm where we're having these separate conversations. 
And then we're learning about like, um, and this is where it's raising capital and doing bigger deals. It's a lot easier to get creative financing. It's a lot easier to raise money. It's a lot easier to do a lot of things when the, when the spreads are bigger because you can afford to pay whatever interest rate private capital wants. You can, there's money to move around. You can get, uh, if you can get creative terms on $10 million, you're making a lot of money. Just for example, um, we do a lot of like, and if you're a hard money lender and you do stuff like Kevin does, you you get a debt spread, right? Off the money. Mm-hmm. You, you may you may invest people's money at eight, ten percent, and then you 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 invest it out at twelve with two points of origination. Right? Yeah, so exactly right. This is for all the, the all the all those people. Imagine this. We have a seller right now we're communicating with, and this is one of our students found the deal. Um it's, it's a three million dollar property. The seller wants 10% down, which is 300 grand. He want, He's going to give us 0% interest for five years on three on $2.7 million. All we're going to do is sell all of his land. Oh, check this out. He has a house on property that's worth 300K. We're just going to subdivide it off and pay him with his own house. Then we're going to set up, cut up all the land onto on it and sell, and sell it at 12% interest. So his payment... For 30-year AM, five 0% interest is 7,500. Just selling it for 2.7 at 12 will create $27,000 a month in cash flow. Net. And the payment to him is all principal. Yep. My goodness. So you mentioned this to me right before we hit record. So, and I and I mentioned to you, I I've done a ton of owner carry stuff, but I've never been able to successfully negotiate. A zero interest loan. So I've I've heard of it. It's like the unicorn, right? How'd you do it, man? Um, the trick is we ask for um, equal payments. So I learned this. I don't know where we learned this from, but we pick up a lot of different people. But the, instead of asking for, um, you either ask for equal payments. And so I always like let's say it's a three hundred sixty thousand dollars property. Easy math, thousand dollars a month. I ask for three hundred sixty equal payments of a thousand. I mean, easy math. Oh, that's three hundred sixty thousand. The seller's like, yeah, that's what exactly what I'm asking for. Let's do that. So you make you want to make it simple where they can they can do the math themselves. So um, we had a seller. He's like, I want eight percent interest. I'm like, all right, we'll give you eight percent interest, but we're only paying twenty five hundred a month. And eight percent interest would have been like seven grand a month. So like that, even stuff like that. Everything's what I love about real estate is everything's negotiable, and you can literally ask for whatever you want, and it makes it make sense. So if a seller wants interest, yeah, I'll pay it on the back end. Just get, I just want to pay my twenty five hundred a month. Well, yeah, twenty five hundred a month, and I get eight percent. Okay, yeah, let's do it. You know, and it, it's it, everything's up for negotiation. So um, I think the biggest reason is uh, land has the most equity, and I talked about this a little bit earlier. So that seller to them, seventy five hundred a month might be all they spend, or they might spend four thousand a month. So like, man, I'm gonna get double the amount I spend, pay less in taxes, and I'll get ballooned out in five years and get all. Two, 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 whatever million dollars, you know, whatever that number is. I didn't do the math, but um, whatever that number is, it's like 2.5, 2.6. Just doing the math in my head real quick. He'll get 2.6 in five years. He's like, yeah, let's do it. Like, mm-hmm. I'll get the money eventually, and I'm always secured by the asset, which I know it's an asset, so it is what it is. 
The Real Estate Educators Podcast is brought to you by Pine Financial Group. Pine Financial Group is a private lender specializing in value-add bridge lending for real estate investors. This is accomplished by raising private money from individual investors and lending that money out in short-term real estate loans. Pine operates one of the coolest public mortgage funds on the market because it brings consistency and security to your investment portfolio without giving up on returns. The fund pays its investors a flat 8% return with monthly distributions. There is a low minimum investment and no lockup period. That's right. You can request all of your money back at any time without any fees. Diversify your portfolio out of Wall Street and into Main Street with the Pine Financial Group Public Fund, PFG Fund 5. Find out more at pinefinancialgroup.com. That's pinefinancialgroup.com. Aren't you glad you got into real estate, man? Real estate has changed my life, and um, land has changed my life even more. Because um, now we're looking at I, – I, and this is where, like – I'll say it to you in your show because you're a finance, you're a finance uh, <laughs> podcast here. But land is the only place you can go to a seller and ask them to be the bank on a large asset. And you can get loans without having to provide your financial statement, provide your proof of income, provide your 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 assets. Like you don't have to do none of that with a seller, and you can get a zero percent loan. That's pretty amazing. So pretty. you said something earlier that I I want to just repeat what you said, and I want you to like explain this to me. So you said you like land because it does not cash flow. Yes. What do you mean? Okay, so underlying motivation, if they have a house, they can live in it, they can rent it out, they can Airbnb it, they can put a family member in it, they can leave it vacant, they can do all, they have all these options. With land, they have none of those. So they're stuck doing, they're stuck holding the bag every time. Or every land seller is holding the bag every time. And I, I say they're all motivated just by holding it because of negative cash flows. Whatever the taxes are, they have to pay that every year so don't lose it to the tax sale. So they have this this think of it, think of like an anchor. They have this anchor behind them that just have to keep pulling with them everywhere they go. Doesn't matter where they live, they just keep dragging it. They can't yeah. sell it. They can't get rid of it. They don't want they don't want to they don't want to let it go either because it has value. But they're just going to drag it with them for the next twenty years, and it's just there. So the no cash flow, I thought that's what you were going to say. The no cash flow, you love that because it creates, it helps create motivation. And it's the motivation that creates the opportunities for you to negotiate your owner, owner carry stuff. And that's the other thing too, is we'll tell them like, hey, you've been carrying around this, this property for 30 years. Let's pay you monthly and turn it into cash flow for you. Let's unlock it. I got the key. It solves problems. What's your best way to find these these sellers? Uh, you're gonna laugh at me, but um, <laughs> MLS. <laughs> Is it really? <laughs> so what's listed? So isn't it uh, hard to negotiate when there's an agent in the middle of it though? We just work with the agent. The agent wants to get paid, so we, we tell the agent we have agents on our team. Hey, we can pay you a six percent commission, and we'll buy this property if you help us get this get this thing going. And they're like, okay. And remember, the, the, a lot of these properties are on free and clear. So they get their commission. Seller, seller gets rid, rid of what they want. It's a, the number's anchor that doesn't cash flow. So you're solving a lot of problems. And then we just, we make an offer and we wait. So we tell our students, 
Make an offer and wait. They'll come back around. There's no buyers for this. <laughs> There's no <laughs> buyers that buy it. So it just it just sits there. You make enough offers and you wait and they come back around. So if there's no buyers, how do you sell it? We create value. So this is for the apartment investors. For all the apartment investors, we value add with paper. Okay. You go. So, so apartment investors, they have to value add by increasing ROI, NOI, and decreasing expenses. So that's how you create value add or build more units, you know, to a physical property. We value add with paper. So we buy a $5 million ranch. Who who has $5 million to buy a ranch? Probably a hundred millionaire who can afford it. Well, how, how do we make that affordable? Well, we might take that $5 million ranch and sell it into 10 parcels of 500,000. So we cut it down into affordable prices to the regular public where more people can afford it. And that's where we divvy it up. So usually the normal plays we do, let's say it's a million dollar property. We can we can look at the value, a million dollars full price. We can subdivide it and sell it for two if we just cut it down. Arbitrage. So we're finding. Do you ever have any trouble with the cities? No, I mean every, every the city has hoops you have to jump through to solve the problem, and it's just going through the hoops. And we tell we let sellers, hey, we'll give you your price. We'll give you your price. It's going to take this amount of time to solve it, and we'll close. Oh, I see. So you don't close until you know you can execute on your strategy. We might not even put up the money. We'll we'll sell all the properties before we even close. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so you take literally, like quite literally, you take the risk out of the deal. I mean, risk. There's there's risk in everything, but I guess. Well, if you already have a buyer for it when you buy when you buy it, I mean that kind of eliminates virtually eliminates the risk, doesn't it? So we have a deal right now. It was it's owned by two of the best top brokers in the city. They're the top. They sell the most houses. They're owned by two brokers. They hired a land broker to sell it. They couldn't move it. We came in. We almost sold out all the property. We we're closing in the next thirty days. We we're making a million dollars on it. And the agents are okay with it because it there was costing them six thousand dollars a month to carry this thing, and they've been carrying it for years. And whatever they were trying to do didn't work out, so now they're trying to move it, and no one can move it. So we're coming with our with our magic key to unlock it, and we're making a lot of money on it. Even to the point where we talked about it on stage about two weeks ago, and somebody from the audience called them, and told them, and then we met with them afterwards, and like, hey, yeah, somebody called told me you showed the deal on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and they're perfectly okay with it. It's hilarious. Well, they have to be because you have a, an agreement, right? Yeah, yeah, we have an agreement. And, I mean, we already told them what we're doing and how we're going to do it. Okay, so you speak on stage. You have your podcast. You sounds like you have students. I didn't know that. So, like, where do we start, man? Tell him, tell me about the students. You got, a, like, a program you, you're selling? And what is, what is this? So, we do uh, – we have milliondollarlandmastermind.com. We teach and educate students on how to, A, find the deals. Um, we stopped marketing for sellers about 12 months ago, and our students find them or we find them on the MLS. So we haven't, like, marketed to sellers in almost 12 months. Um, and our students are getting really dangerous at finding this stuff on, on the MLS because it all just sits there. Go go to the listings, 
50 acres with a million dollars or more, single down the last six months or more, and they're all primed and ready to go. <laughs> and no, no, else, no more waiting involved. <laughs> so this is Land Mastermind. This is a million dollar land mastermind.com. Millionaire. Million dollar. Land, million dollar land mastermind.com. Okay, we'll get that in the show notes. So then someone can reach out to you there and and like if you want to, if they are going to, if they're going to want you to help them with this, do a little hand holding, they would go there and, and you're able to do that. Yep. So the we actually prefer it too. So like a, a lot of wholesalers, we tell them like, hey, don't contract this thing because A, you're not going to give us enough time and land doesn't move. So most of our contract periods, we lock up for like 90 to 180 days minimum. So imagine a wholesaler that locks up houses and they have to move the house in seven to 30 days. Imagine if you had six months. That's what we do. We lock it up for extended timelines. And we're okay asking for those timelines because most developers, like if you talk to DR Horton or Lennar, they're asking for 18 month due diligence. 18 That's months. Crazy. So us asking for six is nothing. It's yeah, nothing. 18 months. And then they renegotiate with you. Yeah, and then they'll renegotiate with you. Exactly. So um, we have we have a couple deals. Um, it's crazy. We have a 15 acre commercial deal uh, that we can make like four million dollars on one deal. It's freaking nuts. Um, we have it's just it's the deals we're doing. It's 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 literally insane. And I don't know how we got into this rabbit hole, but uh, I like where I'm going, and this is going to be a crazy fun ride for the next couple of years. So you want to go, you want to go say, all right, Jalen, because of you, here I am. Thank you. So what does that look like? Like, tell me where am I standing right now in order for me to go out and say thank you to Jalen? So we're in the midst of starting a fund. And a lot of what we do is fish in a barrel. So um, there's billions of dollars ready to invest in land and houses, single family apartments. There's all the money in the world to buy every asset out there, but there isn't for land. So A, we have to create the investment vehicle right to invest in land. So we're we're in the midst of creating a fund. Both of it and year will be up and running. We're going to raise money before the deals that we already have under contract and then close on those deals. So our goal is to try to raise a $100 million fund. And $100 million sounds like a lot. It really does. But I just looked at a $20 million ranch in Missouri. And we're looking at another one in Texas. Two $20 million deals. They're one deals. So like $100 million isn't really a lot to, isn't really a lot when you're doing bigger numbers. And it's really hard to get to that number in houses. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard. Unless you're doing California, which is $21 million houses. But even that's a lot for California. Right. For doing flips. But with this, it's very, very possible and within the realm of possibility. And there's plenty of them out there. If I just look for a million dollars plus in any market, and there's going to be a ton of them. <laughs> so I think I know the answer to this, and maybe I'll lead with that. But I guess that's okay to have 20% of your portfolio in one project if you're able to execute on the exit, right? Like we talked about earlier. If you could take out a lot of the risk, then it's okay to be pretty heavily weighted on one project. Is, is that what I'm hearing? Well, the other part of it is, amplification of money so i'm not asking i'm not buying that 20 million dollars with cash i'm going to ask for maybe start financing with 25 2.5 down you know and i'm going to i'm going to amplify the money i have already in because i already know no one's making an offer on that 20 million dollar property we talked about billion dollar properties imagine the 20 million dollar property it's just going to sit there 
So if I have the ability to execute with two and a half percent down or 25% down, that's going to make them say, no one's even even going to offer. Yeah, I'll take 25% down and then I'm just going to leverage it again. Okay. So even if you're at 20, 25% down, you're still around what, two and a half percent. My math might be wrong, but somewhere around two to 3% of your total portfolio into one asset. But here's the other thing too, is that that value, we're always looking for two to three, two X plays or more. So if we're going to buy it for 20, it's got to be at least worth 40 that, and then we can unlock it with a special key we have through subdivision. So imagine can take control of a potentially 40 million, $50 million asset with two and a half million or 20 or, or for, for 5 million. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's 5 million, you'd be at 5% or yeah. That's pretty crazy. So that's how, how's it going with the fund? Are you still working with the, with an attorney to get it set up? Have you started we, trying to raise or where are you at? We're doing soft commitments right now. And we are uh, in the midst of starting the paperwork with the fund to get the attorneys up. It'll take like four to eight weeks to get it up and running. So for our goal is to have it up at the end of the year with loosely time, time restraints, but um, it's going to be crazy and I'm excited. So that's the conversation I want to have with Jalen is like, Hey, we did, we started, we ended down the land niche. We created all this thing. We have this fund. Now we're buying all the land deals from all our students and all the other land people out there because most land investors can't get capital. So imagine if we can do that for everybody that's in the land niche that does the same thing we do. The operation, we're, we're the new buyer. We'll buy everything. You'd be like, hey, Jalen, you helped me create this. Hey, you want to come invest in it? Well, I'm, I mean, I mean, I might just throw them, a, throw them a point or two just for the, for the, there you go. For the investment, you know? I don't there know. There you go. Um, there's, there's a lot of crazy things that we can go and I, I'm waiting until it gets, it gets good. Like right now it's good, but I want to say it gets really, really good, you know? Well, you clearly have a passion for it, man. It's fun. Land is, land is very, very fun. And I, I like it because it's such a, a misunderstood niche that there's so much opportunity. And like, I can literally stay in Texas the rest of my life and I would never run out of deals. And there's a whole other 49 states out there. We are the biggest state in the freaking country. Well, that's what I'm saying. I can literally stay in Texas my whole life and never leave. And I will still be in a huge opportunity. Where in Texas are you? I live in California. Oh, where in Texas are you investing? Everywhere. <laughs> okay. I got deals. We have deals from South Texas, from uh, by Corpus. We have deals from East Texas to Marshall. We got deals. Uh, we're we're looking at one in by Oklahoma. We got deals everywhere, all over Texas, literally everywhere. And are most of your students from there then? No, I got a student that we just we just didn't we do an annual event. We just we did it uh, literally. Is that where you were speaking on stage? Um, yes and no. So we had an annual event last week, and then. Uh, on stage, uh, there's another event in San Antonio that we, they, somebody else invited us to speak at. Those 500 people there, we spoke there two weeks before our event. So I was just in San Antonio twice in the last month. But um, we have students from – I had a student drive down from Chicago to go to our event um, in San Antonio. So we have students all over the place. And they're doing all this stuff virtually. So one of the cool things about land is you don't have to, you don't have to, like, you don't have to be there to see it. You can send somebody, give drone shots. You can use, I literally sold my, my personal land deal. I sold with Google street view, no professional pictures, 
nothing. I literally went to Google Street View, put the address in. I screenshotted the my 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 home screen, and that's what I put on Facebook Marketplace. That was that that was that forty five hundred foot lot or something. Yeah, yeah, it was that five thousand square foot lot. That's and, awesome, man. But like literally, I, I I rarely see the land we sell. I mean, we sold a lot in Florida. Still never seen it. We made like fifty grand on it. We we're projected to make a hundred. Um, and we make a lot bigger spreads in land too. Like I just saw one of our old clients, he now teaches. One of his students made fifty grand on his first deal in land. Like you have to do a flip for that in most in most markets. Yeah, exactly. And you can do that in land. It's crazy. That is crazy. And then you don't have to worry about the contractors and showing up to work and getting the kitchen remodeled and all of that stuff that we all love. Uh, yep. Oh well, you love hundred <laughs> percent. So this is the crazy part. Like everybody's like, land, well, how do you find comps? Well, that's the fun part. There's no verifiable comps. So you sell it for whatever you can sell it for. <laughs> and you don't need comps because you're not you're you're selling with owner terms, so you don't need appraisals. And then whatever the other someone's too, willing to buy it for. Like uh this is a funny story too. So that three million dollar deal, we offered him three uh thirty-six month financing. Like, hey, we'll put ten percent down, thirty-six month financing. And he's like, I need to talk to my attorney because um, I'm pretty sure the law states that we have to do a minimum of five-year balloon. So he talks to his attorney, and he's like, yeah, let's do a five-year balloon. But that only accounts for houses. With land, you can do whatever type of balloon you want, 12-month, 24-month, 6-month, whatever you want because you don't have to follow Fannie Freddie laws. So literally he went to his own attorney, and his own attorney recommended that he do five years. And we were at three, so five years is just an extra 24 months. Yeah, exactly. So we don't have to follow Fannie Freddie laws. We still use the RMLO when we underwrite the buyer. And all of our buyers, they're usually coming cash heavy with cash or they're financeable. So it's a all totally right. different dynamic. I'm going to look into this, man. I'm going to look into Facebook Marketplace for my lot down in New Mexico, offer it on some terms and see if I can get that thing to cash flow. And then I'm going to send you a note saying, hey, Daniel, thank you for the advice. Now I'm cash flowing. Turn land into cash flow. And one thing I love about land is, is you get straight PI. No management, no like you gotta pay the, the note servicer. That's it. And you can make the you can make the buyer pay for that. Yeah, but you can service your own notes, can't you? I mean we can, but why would I want to? <laughs> <laughs> it's just cash and checks. Oh, I guess it's easy for me since I'm a lender. We already have all that set up. So yeah, yeah, we, we don't have that set up yet. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there, but we're getting we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, I'm sure you are. All right, man. Well, I want to hear about your podcast. I want to hear about your events, and then we're gonna to have to wrap it up. So tell me about your podcast. So uh, we have over like 420 episodes out right now. It's called the Hive with us. H I V E uh, with us. dot com. We're on all platforms. Um, we've been doing that for two years. Um, I just really went deep into the the podcasting game, and I really enjoyed it and love it. Yeah. Um, I've been just like said, producing a lot of content with that. Um, as far as our events, you can go to thehiveislive.com slash summit. And that's hiveislive.com slash summit. You can go to there and you go to thehiveislive.com. You can see all our stuff. You can actually buy all our recordings for all three years if you missed it. Uh, we covered a lot of cool stuff. Um, one thing cool about our events is there's no pitches. It's just straight content, straight fire from the sources. So you you do a lot to help the investor community, and you have students here that are out there making money, making 50 or more grand a deal, sounds like. 
I have a what student is... right now that's making seven figures on a land subdivide. And that's got to make you feel good. You're literally changing people's lives. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty. That's why I need, I need more. Like like this is getting good. I need I need more I need more ammo to, when I go to Jalen. See. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're doing pretty well, man. I don't know. He'd probably have you happy to hear from you now, but I get it. I get it. But wait, you have to let me know how it goes when you do reach out to him. I'll, I will video it because this is going to be it's going to be an interesting conversation because I doubt he even knows who I am. <laughs> probably not. That's the cool part. <laughs> He's about not it. even in the game anymore. He's out doing something else, so he doesn't know that he impacted you like this. That's why I'm saying, how good would that feel for him? Yeah. So um, annual event, um, and then if you're more well, more about uh, land investing, million dollar million dollar land mastermind dot com. If you're interested in like weekly calls, go there. We'll we'll, we'll have somebody there talk to you about it. But um, we have a course subdividing. I don't know. If you go to hivemindcrm.io, you can touch it and you'll get hit with emails and stuff. We use automation to help business automate. That's what the hivemind is. The first product. Um, we're coming out with a book. I don't know. It's probably next year. There's a lot going on. How many people on your team? Uh, I have, I hold, I run a whole software company. So I have six on my side on the real estate side. We probably have about 10. You guys are a machine. Soon to be better, soon to be better and bigger. I love it, man. You're so positive and, and you know, there's room to improve, but my gosh, you're doing well. It's going to it's going to be an interesting year next year. That's all I gotta say. It's going to be well, We're going to have to stay in touch for sure. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting year. I think this year we'll probably we'll probably do close to like 10 million in acquisitions this year. Which is crazy. That is crazy because I know what your margins are. <laughs> what the what's the revenue number on that's pretty pretty good. It's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting year next year cuz when the funds in place, we've had deals fall through too um this year which kind of hurt a little bit, but next year is going to be interesting because now we're going to solve that money problem and it's going to be an interesting year next year. That's all I'm going to say. So stay tuned for Hive Mind 2024. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. We will do, definitely do that, Daniel. Any <laughs> closing thoughts, anything you want to share before we wrap this up? Um, you build your content off the, inf- uh, you build your infamy off the content you create. Um, that's my quote. Um, so we'll go out there and produce content. I, I always say thank you to the podcasters out there that produce because there's more consumers than there are producers. So for the producers out there, thank you. Um, and then the other thing too is uh, go out there and make a difference, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways to change the world, and you just gotta find your niche and find your gift and lend it out to the world because you can do some damage with it once you find it. You're a good dude, man. Appreciate you taking your time and and joining me today. No problem. Thank you for everybody here. Uh, we'll catch you later, Daniel. Thank you. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If you did, please be sure to follow and leave us a review. Oh yeah, and tell a friend.